Namaste, Sarasati Devi Gauravani Pacharine, Nirvishesa Sanyavari Praskita Desatarine. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. Today I want to talk to you about how Krishna uses the storms in our life. Krishna is in control of the storm. Most of the time, we believe that God's in control when everything's going our way. We're getting good breaks, business is booming, the family is happy. At those times, we just know Krishna's on the throne. We know that he's directing our steps. Life is good. But having faith does not exempt us from difficulties. The storms of life come to everyone, whether you're a person of faith or whether you're not. We get a bad medical report, a friend betrays us, business takes a downtone, we have the pandemic where we can get laid off of our job, there's a closed sign in our shop window. In difficult times, there's a temptation, of course, to think, Krishna, where are you? <clears throat> How could you let this happen to me, my family, and my country? No, we want to reassure you that the same God who's in control in the good times is just as much, if not more, in control in the tough times. Krishna would not allow a storm unless he had a divine purpose for it. He never said in any scripture of the world, not only ours, but any other scripture of the world, that he would prevent every difficulty. But what he does promise over and over and over again is that if we keep him first place and stay in faith, he will use every difficulty to mature us, to grow us, to take us up higher. Here's the key. Krishna will direct the winds of the storm to blow you to where he wants you to go. Oh, we always see storms as being negative. This is so bad. I can't believe that this is happening to me. But Krishna uses the storm to move you from point A to point B. The winds may be strong. The circumstances may look bad. But if you'll stay in faith, not get bitter, not start complaining, then those winds are gonna blow you to where you're supposed to go. They may even have been meant for your harm, but Krishna knows how to shift the winds. Instead of having those winds blowing you backwards, they can turn around 180 degrees and explosively and positively blow you forward, where you not only come out better, stronger, but that storm will position you in a place of greater blessing. Problem is, a lot of people say they have faith but in the tough times, they fall apart just like everybody else. They feel that Krishna's disappointed them. They're not gonna be happy until the storm is over. But you have to realize that Krishna's in control of the storm. Nothing happens without the omnipotent Godhead's permission. If that storm was gonna keep you from your destiny, God would have never allowed it in the first place. That person that left you, that financial difficulty, that legal situation, if any of that was going to stop God's plan for your life, he would have never permitted in the first place. The reason that he did was to move you one step closer to your divine destiny. Instead of using our faith to just try and pray away every difficulty and insist that God give us immediate deliverance, we should learn to use our faith to believe if we persevere and endure, and when the winds eventually stop blowing, we will be exactly where Krishna wants us to be. Everybody goes through storms at some time or another. 
William Cooper certainly did. He was one of the most popular poets of his time. Cooper changed the direction of 18th century nature poetry by writing of everyday scenes and life from the English countryside. In many ways, he was one of the forerunners of romantic poetry. Samuel Taylor Coleridge called him the best poet of the day. And yet there came a time when his despair over his life was so great that he tried to end it all. First, he swallowed enough poison that it should have killed him, but it didn't. He then went to the Thames River, intending to hurl himself over the bridge, but something went wrong. He got restrained. Next morning, he fell on a sharp knife and broke the blade. Once again, he survived. Failing in these attempts at suicide, he tried to hang himself, but someone found him, took him down, found that he was just unconscious and revived him. Later, he picked up a Bible and began to read the book of Romans. It was then that Coper finally met the God who calmed storms, including the storms in his own life. It's obvious that Coper wrote from these experiences when he penned these memorable words, as you see up on the screen here. God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He plants his footstep on the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep and unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his never-failing will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are full with mercy and will break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err, and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter, and he will make it plain. Sometimes, here's a thought, you face difficulties not because you're doing something wrong, but because you're doing something right. It's just another step on your way to your divine destiny. Now, most storms, we can see the end, and we know that at some point, it's going to blow over. We just have to dig in our heels and endure it. But sometimes, there isn't any obvious end of the storm in sight. Sometimes it doesn't seem like things are ever going to turn around. And when you have a promise deep in your heart, everything in the world can seem to come against you. The dream looks far away. But you have to resort to your faith. And God's promises that that setback is not permanent. It's only temporary, and it was never intended to keep you from becoming who Krishna created you to be. There comes a point where you've done everything that you can, you believed, you stood in faith, and now you just have to let go and stop fighting. You just have to quit trying to make it happen your way, quit trying to force it to work out, and just relinquish control. Let the storm take you to where Krishna wants you to go. Here's an example. The late John Claypool was one of America's finest preachers. When he was at the height of his popularity as a pastor, he lost his six-year-old daughter, Lara Lou, to a battle with leukemia. In his book, Tracks of a Fellow Struggler, he described how one evening, while he was sitting alone in silence and filled with despair, he realized that he could either spend the rest of his life mourning the loss of his daughter, whom he would never see grow up 
never see graduate, never see get married. Or he could look back in joy and say, thank you, God, for the gift of my daughter, Laura Lou, and the six best years of my life. John Claypool chose to trust God with his storm. So can you and I. Krishna asks us to let go of the sorrow, let go of the loss, let go of the disappointment before he takes us forward. In other words, when you quit worrying about it, when you quit losing sleep, when you quit dreading it and say, Krishna, I trust you. I know that you control these winds. They can either blow me backward, forward, sideways, up, down. But one thing, I'm confident that I am where I'm supposed to be. Now that's a powerful attitude that acts like a magnet to bring God into your life. An example, during the pastimes of Krishna 5,300 years ago, King Indra, the Lord of Rains, was a patron of the village where Krishna appeared in. It was an agricultural village. They grew crops and they raised cows. So every year, it was a tradition to offer an elaborate sacrifice to Indra, who's the Lord of Rain, because any agricultural community needs rain to prosper. But when Krishna appeared in the seventh year, he was just uh, exhibiting the form of a seven-year-old boy, he talked his father out of performing the sacrifice to Indra, and not only that, he talked his father, Nanda Baba, into using all the paraphernalia that was traditionally used to worship Indra to worship the cows, the Brahmins, and Govardhan Hill. And when Indra got word, of course, he's a devotee and he knows Krishna's God, but after many tens of thousands of years of reigning in his post and enjoying affluence and a sort of sovereignty, kind of forget who is your Lord and Master. And that's what happened to Indra. He got mad. He thought that he would teach this seven-year-old Krishna a lesson, that he would kill the devotees and annihilate the whole village of Vrindavan. So he invoked dangerous storm clouds that are only generally used at the end of the cosmic manifestation. They appeared above the village of Vrindavan, began to pour water incessantly with immense strength and power. It was lightning, thunder, severe wind, and incessant falling of rain. The rain seemed to fall with the force of sharp, piercing arrows. The water was thick as pillars without any cessation, and the clouds filled all the lands in Vrindavan with water. There became no visible distinction between high land and lower land. Situation got extremely dangerous, especially for the animals. The rainfall was accompanied by great winds, and every living creature in Vrindavan began to tremble from the severe cold. Unable to think of any other source of deliverance, the inhabitants of Vrindavan all approached Govinda and Krishna. They cried out to him. They took shelter as lotus feet. And it's explained that especially the cows, they were very aggrieved and beset upon by the heavenly rain. They came before Krishna and bowed down their heads. They took their calves underneath their bodies and they approached the Supreme Personality of Godhead to take shelter of his lotus feet. The human beings began to pray, Dear Krishna, you are all powerful. You are very affectionate to your devotees. Now please protect us who have been very much harassed by angry Indra. And when Krishna heard their prayer, he could understand that Indra, being bereft of his sacrificial honor, was pouring down rain that was accompanied by heavy pieces of ice and strong winds, although all this was totally out of season. Krishna understood that it was a deliberate exhibition 
of piv, anger on the part of Indra. And so he thought to himself, I will give protection to my pure devotees in Vindavan who are at present completely dependent on my mercy and whom I've taken under my protection. I must save them by my mystic power. Thinking in this way, Lord Krishna picked up Govardhan Hill, more like a mountain, with one hand, exactly as a child picks up a mushroom from the ground. And in this way, he exhibited his transcendental pastime of lifting Govardhan Hill. And since that time, he's been known affectionately as Giri Govardhan. That means the lifter of the mountain named Govardhan. And as he did this, he addressed all his devotees, my dear brothers, my dear father, my dear inhabitants of Vrindavan, you can now safely enter under this hill, which is acting like an umbrella. Do not be afraid of the hill and think that it will fall from my hand. You have been very much afflicted by the heavy rain and strong wind, and therefore I've lifted this hill, which will shelter you just like a big beach umbrella. I think this is a proper arrangement to relieve you of your immediate distress. Be happy with your animals underneath this great shelter. And in this way, being assured by Lord Krishna, all the inhabitants of Vrindavan entered beneath the great hill along with their property and animals, and they became safe and sheltered by the grace of the Lord. They and their animals remained there for one week in a happy mood. They weren't disturbed by hunger, or thirst, or any of their discomforts. They were simply astonished to see how Krishna was holding up the mountain with the little finger of his left hand. Krishna said to himself in relation to Indra, I am the supreme Lord over all, and in acting in this way, my purpose is to take away the false prestige from this demigod Indra. He is actually my devotee, and it is not possible for the devotees to forget my supremacy, but some or other he has become puffed up with his material power and is thus now maddened. I have acted in such a way as to relieve him of his false prestige. From Indra's point of view, seeing this extraordinary power of Krishna that totally eclipsed and trumped his own power, he was thunderstruck and baffled in his determination. He called all the clouds, asked them to cease and desist, the sky became cleared, the strong winds abated, the rain stopped falling, the sunrise arose again, and everything became peaceful and calm. And as it's described in the Srimad Bhagavatam, at that time Krishna's Supreme Personality of Godhead, now known as the lifter of Govardhan Hill, said, My dear cowherd men, you can leave and take your wives, cows, valuables, because everything has ended. The inundation's gone down along with the swelling waters of the river. Well, Indra meant to do harm. Indra had no good intentions for doing what he did. Indra's purpose was destructive. But Krishna used those winds and he used those storms to blow his devotees further into his arms, to deepen those relationships which were already special. The incident was an opportunity for the devotees to fully surrender more wholeheartedly to Krishna's love and protection. There's a poem written by Francis Lyle about how God works through storms. Whatever may change in him or God, no change is seen. He's a glorious sun that wavers not nor declines. Above the clouds and storms, God walks serene. And on his people's devotees, inward darkness shines. 
While here, alas, I know but half his love, but half discern him and but half adore. But when I meet him in the realms above, I hope to love him better, praise him more, and feel and tell amid the kirtans divine how fully I am his and he is mine. I just stuck that kirtan word in there. So the winds may be blowing in your life today. The waves raging. You don't see the end. Why don't you take the step of faith and say, okay, Krishna, I'm going to let you do it your way. I know you have my best interests at heart. This storm cannot take me where you don't want me to go. Therefore, Krishna, I'm going to trust you. And when you do that, those winds are going to blow you to a whole new level of your destiny. May not happen overnight, but Krishna is a faithful God. His plan for you will not only not be stopped by a storm, by a bad break, by the loss of a loved one, by an injustice, but he will use that to promote you. And he said, no weapon formed against a devotee will ever prosper. When the enemy comes towards you, even if it's like a flood, God will raise a barrier. He will poise himself between you and the danger. You may be in a storm. There is pressure all around you. You could easily be worried, but know this, the battle is not yours, the battle is the Lord's. Krishna is saying to you, if you trust me, I will shift those winds, and instead of blowing you backwards, they'll thrust you forward. The winds that were meant to destroy you, Krishna knows how to use them to increase you. Quit mourning over what you've lost, over what didn't work out. Forgive the people that hurt you. When you dare to say, Krishna, I trust you to make my wrongs right, then those winds that are trying to hold you back, they're going to turn around and push you forward. Why? Because God is in complete control. He's within each and every atom. If Krishna wanted you to have that job where you were laid off, you would still have it. What can you do? Let it go. He's got something better. If Krishna wanted that person to stay who left you, they would have stayed. Let it go. If your prayer didn't get answered the way you wanted on your timetable, don't get bitter, don't get discouraged. It just means that Krishna has something bigger, something better, something greater in your future. Sometimes Krishna will deliver you from the storm. Other times Krishna will take you through the storm. There are two kinds of faith, delivering faith and a sustaining faith. Delivering faith is when Krishna keeps you from the storm. He keeps the storm from happening. He keeps you out of adversity. Sometimes he does that, but to be honest, to be real, most of the time we're going to need sustaining faith. That's what's going to take you through the storm, through the difficulty, when the wind is blowing. And everybody sooner or later goes through a storm, especially in today's world especially right now where we're all going through a big corona storm. There was an article in a national magazine a few months back that said depression and despair are at epidemic proportions in our modern day society. 30,000 Americans kill themselves each year in overt acts of suicide. Another 100,000 attempt to take their own lives and fail and countless thousands more 
are killing themselves slowly by less obvious means, like overeating, alcohol, drug abuse. I don't know if you ever remember, but when I was in English class, there was a story by Victor Hugo called 93. And in that short story, a ship is caught in a raging storm. The frightened crew, they hear a terrible crashing sound below deck. They immediately know what it is. Thought of it fills them with dread. What is it? A cannon has broken loose and is crashing into the ship's side with every blow of the sea, with every toss of the ship. Now two men risking their lives go into the inner hall below decks, manage to fasten down the cannon so it can't break loose again. These men are well aware that that unfastened cannon banging against the side of the boat inside was far more dangerous than the raging storm on the outside of the boat. And so it is with people. Our greatest danger is not the external conditions that make up our environment, but those storms that sometimes rage within. We can live in the biggest, most majestic house in the neighborhood, in the nicest area, even gated with underground utilities, beautifully landscaped. But if there's a cannon rolling around inside our lives, we can be in mortal danger. Doubt, anxiety, fear, bitterness have the potential to be lethal. You all have these opportunities to get discouraged, but when you learn deep in your spirit that Krishna is in control of the storm, and you won't live worried. Even if you go through the difficulty, you know that Krishna is going to take care of you. The God that we serve knows how to blow away the limitations that are holding us back and not harm anything that we need. It would have been a great victory to have been delivered from the storm. It would have been a victory if Krishna prevented Indra from causing the storm in the first place. We would all celebrate that, really. But isn't it a greater story? Isn't it a greater narration and a drama and a greater victory for Krishna to have lifted the mountain and taken his devotees through the storm? Whether you realize it or not, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Devotees are storm-proof. They have no need to complain about the storms. They have no need to get discouraged and think, oh, this is too big, this financial difficulty, this legal battle, this is going to be the end of me. No, all that's going to do is blow away the limitations that are holding you back. You're going to come out stronger, increase, promote. Why? Because Almighty God is in control of the storm. He's in control of the winds. Krishna is even in control of our enemies. Sometimes Krishna will not remove the obstacle. He won't deliver you from the storm, not because he's mean, not because he's trying to make your life miserable. No, he wants to show his favor in your life in a greater way. Krishna is always in control, and sometimes he shows it more dramatically. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I heard about a neighborhood library. They offered a community competition for the best painting symbolizing peace. The award-winning artwork would be prominently displayed in the library for some time. And when the entries were all in, the judges narrowed the competition down to two. 
One painting featured a majestic lake, so tranquil and still that the lush hills behind it were perfectly mirrored in its reflection. Above was a blue sky, and around it were blooming wildflowers. Behind it were deer grazing the meadows. It was a peace to behold. It was a picture of peace. Now, the other finalists portrayed a terrible storm. Winds blowing, trees bending, debris flying through the air. Sky was dark, the sight was stark, and there was not a person in sight. There was, however, a little bird perched on a limb in one of those bended trees. People got the impression that the bird was singing. Now, to which painting do you think was awarded the prize of peace? The judges chose the bird. Why? Because peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the consolation of the heart. In the storms of life, without Krishna consciousness, you could be and most probably would be all stressed out, all worried. But Krishna is saying to you, come back to that place of peace. I have you in the palm of my hand. As long as you're being your best, honoring me, winds may come, but I will shift those winds in your direction. Instead of defeating you, they will promote you. What is your test will become your testimony. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari, Hari. Hari, Rama, Hari, Rama. Rama, Rama. Hari, Hari. God is in control of the winds. God is calling the shots. And if he chooses not to deliver you from the storm, don't stray outside of your path of faith. It just means that you're going to have a greater testimony. You're going to have a better story to tell. You're going to see Krishna's favor in a new way. And you're going to be able to testify to that and help increase the faith of others. Your test will become your testimony where you can tell people, hey, look what Krishna did for me. He can also do it for you. Some things you can only learn in the storm when the battle's raging, when you don't know how you're going to make it. That's when you're going to experience the faithfulness of Krishna like you've never experienced it before. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hari Hari. Having had those experiences as part of your history with God, now you can testify to people with confidence that when it looks impossible, when the odds are against you, when the medical report says no way, when the financial situation looks bleak, when your own thoughts are knocking at the door, whispering, you're not going to make it, no, let me tell you firsthand the God I serve can make a way. You see this beautiful building in Spanish Fork, this beautiful temple, this beautiful facility, it is the goodness of Krishna. And if he did it for us, he can do it for you. In this way, your test becomes your testimony. Have you heard the saying, when everything comes against you, remember that airplanes take off against the wind, not with the wind. Those winds were never meant to push you down. They were meant to lift you up to your destiny. Similarly, when an eagle faces a storm, he doesn't try to fight his way through the wind, through the rain, frustrated, struggling, putting forth all that effort. No. The eagle just stretches out his wings and he lets the strong winds themselves do all the work and lift him up higher and higher. Finally, the eagle rises above the storm where it's just as calm and peaceful as it can be. 
And when the winds are blowing, things come against you. It's easy to get frustrated and start fighting and trying to change things that you were never meant to change. Being worried about the medical report, not being able to sleep at night because of anxiety and fear. Our word today is be an eagle. Krishna, I've done everything I can. Now I'm going to quit struggling. I'm going to quit trying to make it happen my way. Krishna, I'm just going to stretch out my wings. Trust you. When you come back to that place of peace, knowing that Krishna is in control, then those winds that were meant to push you down will end up lifting you higher and higher. Krishna would not have allowed the storm if it was going to keep you from your destiny. And since he allows it, that means Krishna is going to get you glory. He's going to show you his favor, his power, his goodness. Now quit fighting it. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari Hari. Hari Rama, Hari Rama. Rama, Rama, Hari Hari. Quit living frustrated. Come to that point when you say, Krishna, I'm going to let these winds take me to wherever you want to go. I'm going to relinquish control and let these wings blow me into the future that you have for me. Now, I know some of you out there today, you're in a storm. I know that for a fact. No doubt. But let me encourage you. Let me speak faith into you. Krishna has you storm-proofed. You're going to come out of the storm promoted, increased, better off than you were before. What is your test will become your testimony. Shake off the discouragement, the self-pity, and get ready for Krishna to do something new. Those winds that are blowing against you are about to shift directions, and they're going to start thrusting you forward. They're about to give you liftoff and propel you to new levels. You'll rise above every storm. You'll accomplish your dreams, fulfill your God-given destiny in this life, and in the next life, go back to home, back to Godhead. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama. Hari Hari